Good morning, everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing the Natty podcast. And the other side of me, as always, is my lovely and faithful co-host, who is always on time to whenever we have to record these things, Xavier Hood. Xavier, how you doing this morning? Um, still uh, trying to wake up, you know, second vaccine, finally mm-hmm. fully vaccinated. So that's a great thing to get out the way. If I had a soundboard, I would give you a little, like, party blower, like, Oh, yeah. But you know, I wish I can go back into my bed, but we can't. We have we have business to handle because we, we have a full slate of games and things to do with our fantasy team. So indeed. So this is for those of you who don't know, this is the podcast the weekly podcast that Xavier and I will be producing. It'll come out at variable times throughout the week, depending on when our first players will be playing their game. So this week we wanted to get this out yesterday on Wednesday. However, I'm a dumbass, and I realized after we finished recording that my mic was muted the entire time, and so Xavier just sounded like he was talking to himself the entire time. So here we are again the next day. Our first games are tonight, so we got to get this done. We got to figure out who will be starting in this league. What's different about this league compared to our other leagues is that Xavier and I are being forced at gunpoint to share a team in this league. Uh, we just had too many people want to get into this league. And so John Lobb, who's been organizing this whole thing, God bless his soul, uh, asked that Xavier and I share a team. And I said, you know what? I feel like it'll be very, very entertaining stuff for everybody to hear the discussion that Xavier and I have in terms of who we start every single week. Because we have this discussion with our own leagues every single week this, when we don't have our own teams, but now we have to share once so we have to come to a consensus. So are you ready to get started on this, Xavier? Absolutely. All right. So what we're going to do first is we're going to go through our team and we're going to do the whole sit start discussion. We're going to decide we're going to go position by position, decide who we want to start at each position. And then afterwards, we're going to then go look at our opponent and we're going to kind of talk about where we think we might have some matchup advantages, where we have some weaknesses and We'll give, a, we'll give a prediction as to whether or not we win. So we'll go ahead and move on to this next slide over here. You guys can all see the fan tracks page up and running. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're on the podcast, I will do my best to describe who all we're talking about and who all, like what position we're uh, trying to determine and everything. So yeah, let's get started. Um, we'll just start at the top with quarterbacks. Uh, Xavier, what are your thoughts on who we should start at quarterback? Oh uh, yeah, so we have a very different variety of quarterbacks. We have four quarterbacks on our roster. Uh, Sam Howell, uh, UNC, he plays Virginia Tech on Friday. Uh, CJ Stroud, Ohio State, he plays today at eight against uh, Minnesota. We also have uh, JT Daniels, um, UGA quarterback. He plays Clemson at seven thirty on Saturday, and Caleb Ellaby, Western Michigan. Uh, he plays Michigan at Saturday at twelve. So. Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty clear-cut decision on uh, who we should really start for this week. I think we mm-hmm. should start two best quarterbacks, the guys that we took in the two early rounds, which were Sam Howell and C.J. Stroud, considering the games that they're playing and the talent that they have and where we took them, we might as well use them. So I feel like uh, we're pretty much in agreement uh, in compliance on this, uh, If unless you have any differing opinions on maybe throwing in a Caleb LV for the upside. But I don't think you could convince me otherwise with these other two guys. 
No, I mean, I, I love Caleb Ellaby, but also that Michigan defense gives me enough pause to not worry about it there. Um, the other thing is, we have CJ Stroud somehow, as you mentioned, we drafted these guys early for a reason. These are guys we're going to want to, like, are going to be our pretty much our default guys in this league unless things start changing, they fail or whatever. Um, like these are going to be the guys that we're going to be wanting to start every single week. In addition to that, they're playing two games where they're unlikely to be pulled out early. And if they are pulled out early, it's because they've already had a hell of a day. CJ Stroud is playing against uh, Minnesota. He's going to be in a, that's a Big Ten matchup. They're not going to want to pull him out of that unless they're 100% sure that they've already crushed Minnesota. Uh, same house, same thing with Virginia Tech. If they're already crushing Virginia Tech, I have a feeling it has a lot to do with Sam Howell's arm. And also, again, I, I expect Virginia Tech to keep it close enough to where Sam Howell is going to be forced to stay in the game. So, again, I think that we'll be seeing these guys all four quarters. And that's one of the best things that you can just kind of guarantee with your quarterbacks going into the week. So now I guess we'll move on to running backs. And this is where, oh boy, there's a lot of, a lot of question marks for us here. So we have... In our, currently in our starting role, we have Tyler Algier, running back out of BYU. He's playing Arizona this week. We have Kenneth Walker, running back out of Mi- Michigan State, playing Northwestern this week. Uh, in our flex, we have two more running backs. We have Ty Chandler, playing Virginia Tech. And then we also have Demontre Tuggle, playing Syracuse this uh, Saturday. On our bench, the running backs we have, we have three bench. Uh, running backs on our bench we have Jalen Berger running back out of Wisconsin we have Ches Malusi running back out of Wisconsin and we have Mayan Williams running back out of Ohio State I guess this is also the part where I should probably mention who we've dropped from our team since the draft because if you notice there's a little there's already a couple differences here um we dropped Bo Corrales uh he was our last pick in the draft for Mayan Williams uh once I started hearing that Mayan Williams would be getting that starting role at the running back position at Ohio State I'm like okay even if there is split carries and everything I want to just have him on on my team in case he is able to take over that running back room and Xavier agreed with, agreed with me and then uh in a somewhat of a I don't want to say a panic move but when Jalen Berger was listed as RB2 for Wisconsin um we both agreed that it was worth it to just go ahead and handcuff Ches Malusi on our bench just so we can see how that running back room plays out, see if it's going to be truly a split carry all the way through, or if one of these guys takes over. Regardless, if one of these guys takes over, we're going to want to have them on our roster. So those are the two big moves. Anyway, that's all our running backs and everything. So Xavier, you kind of started with quarterbacks last time. I guess I'll just kind of talk through my thought process here on running backs. So we have Kenneth Walker as a starting running back, but I just don't feel comfortable with that 100%. Like, I would rather see, Ty- again, there's not a huge difference between, like, who's our starting running backs and everything, but I like to consider, like, the people we have on the bubble at the flex position, if that makes any sense. That way mm-hmm. I can just organize it better in my head. Because, like, I feel like Ty Chandler and Tyler Algier, those are our two best bets this week at running back. Not that they're great bets, but they're our best bets that we have on our roster. Um, yeah, I completely agree. And then, so now I think it's just determining, do we want to move Ches Malusi, Mayan Williams... Jalen Berger up into that flex position over Kenneth Walker, Demontre Tuggle. So Xavier, I'm I'm curious, what are your thoughts here? Um, so yeah, we've done a little tinkering behind the scenes, uh, just a little bit. So originally we did have uh, Ches Malusi in our starting lineup for a second, just for a quick second. And there's been discussion about Mine Williams possibly becoming uh in being inserted in our flex position, but I feel really comfortable with Demontre Tuggle and Kenneth Walker at our flex. And our starting running backs, I, I feel like, are solidified. They, I think they mm-hmm. have the best chance of staying in. 
and the uh, the best chance of you know maximizing uh, the amount of points that they receive. Now it just depends on what our what, what we're going to do with our flex. Montre mm-hmm. Togo is facing a power five opponent. Now he is uh, the bulk of that offense for um, Ohio, so mm-hmm. that is the upside of like yeah he's going to get the touches. Syracuse is not a great power five team, but sometimes you know Mac. Uh, Mac opponents versus power five teams, things don't usually go out that way. But Syracuse is, you know, notoriously bad, uh, just all around. So there, there can be upside for that game, and the amount of touches that he receives uh, intrigues both of us. But it has me a little bit hesitant of, like, a, say, if a, a Ches Malusi or a Mayan Williams, uh, you know, they play for power five programs. They're at, you know, coveted schools known, uh, known for producing great backs and having higher upside. So just a little bit hesitant. Uh, Kenneth Walker is who I'm uh, somebody I'm really high on. Uh, uh, Michigan transfer from Wake Forest to Michigan State. Uh, talk to camp is that he could be the next thousand yard receiver for that offense. Receiver, um, huh? receiver, running, running back, <laughs> running back. It'd be great if he could be a receiver too. That would, oh, man, probably put him in like a top five pick right there if he was good uh, receiver and running back. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> all in all, like yeah, I, I'm really comfortable with Kenneth Walker there because. They're facing Northwestern, which is a very, you know, good – they've been a good defense in the past, especially last year. But they are, you know, losing players. They are uh, returning some starters on defense. But Kenneth Walker and that Michigan State team, they're looking for that identity on offense, and it seems like they're going in the trend of uh, relying on their running backs. And mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker was named outright RB. Well, actually, we don't know that yet. Wait, but I, I, I say, that, that's what I was about to bring up here is that we haven't gotten a depth chart from Michigan State – and so as much as I want to believe in Kenneth Walker being the RB1 at Michigan State, they have other options there, like Harold Joyner from Auburn. Um, there's another one I can't remember off the top of my head, but they got a couple other options there. Now, I still think Kenneth Walker's the best option there, the one with the, by far the most experience and clearly can be a goal line back for them easily. But also, again, it's just that unknown. Again, uncertainty, you got to hate it in fantasy. Um, so again, I... I think Demontre Tuggle is safe at flex. I, 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 again, going up against a Power 5 opponent, I understand there's a lot of hesitancy there. But do still average 17 carries per game, even in the losses last year um, for Ohio. Yeah, he only played, like, what, three games? Only three games, but even still. Like, they were still, like, he was still being used in almost every one of their games. So yeah. I feel like he's still going to get plenty of work in this game regardless. And it's still a better, better option than... Ches Malusi or Jalen Berger, because we're still not entirely sure how that's going to play out there, especially against Penn State. We don't know. Like, I just don't see a ton of scoring opportunities in that game. I think it's going to be a very, very low-scoring game. Like Each team doesn't break 25. Um, in addition to that, Mayan Williams, again, God, if I just knew that he was just locked up the RB1 spot at Ohio State, I would love to play him this week, but I just am not there yet to fully make that decision. So I do, I do think that... You see, now, now, now I'm thinking, because Kenneth Walker, we don't know his role on this offense yet. There's no depth chart or anything like that. But, but Mayan Williams, we know the role he's going... Or we, we, we know the role that he's more likely going to play. He's going to get that first snap, which indicates he's probably going to get... I'm not going to say a majority of the snaps, but probably a plurality of snaps at Ohio State. Ohio State's a better offense than Michigan State. So I just think there's going to be better scoring opportunities for Mayan Williams than maybe Kenneth Walker here. What do you think, Xavier? I'll say this. Um, I, I, I disagree. I think C.J. Stroud, 
yeah, I think CJ Stroud is a uh, good enough dual threat quarterback to where he'll be able to use his legs as well. Because I think his only score last season was with his uh, legs. It was, if I'm not mistaken. So this shows me that he has the ability to move the offense, you know, with his uh, with his mobility. And mm-hmm. also, they have a great receiver core where they don't have to rely on the running back to, you know, have 100 yards. They have great, you know, all first round talent receivers in Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and a whole slew of freshmen that they have right behind them that can go in at any time if one of them drop off. So I just don't see Mayan Williams, you know, coming into that role and being a maximizer for our week in terms of, you know, it's it's a possibility that he can you know solidify that uh, RB one position, but they also have Trevion Henderson, who everybody has been high on this past uh, this uh, past off season. Well, of course, people, pe- people love the shiny new toy. Oh yeah, like whenever I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we saw a little bit. Yeah, we. This the this struggles with podcasting. You're not in the same room. Oh no, but, joke. But, I mean, we've seen Mayan Williams with a small sample size last season. You know, he was behind um, – oh, God, why am I forgetting his name? Um, God, went to the San Francisco 49ers. Trey Sermon? Trey Sermon, yeah. We saw Trey Sermon last year take up that entire role. Master Teague was damn near irrelevant at the times, and he's probably going to be that this season, uh, not being named RB1. I don't even think – I think he's with the RB2 or either he's at RB3. Maybe. So, We'll see, but I, I just feel like... One, one other tip that I want to throw in here was going into the championship game last year against Alabama, there was a lot of talk about Mayan Williams, that the coaching staff was ready to give him a significant workload in the championship game against Alabama, but then he got COVID right before the game and it was taken out. So we never really got to see that. But to me, it is indicative that this coaching staff really likes Mayan Williams. And the fact is now he's going to probably get that first snap against Minnesota or the first running snap against Minnesota. So that tells me that, again, I think the upside of Mayan Williams is higher than Kenneth Walker's this week. I don't know. I feel like the, the um, let's see, how, how do I want to phrase this? The gap in talent from like, you know, the RB1 or the presumptuous, RB1 at Ohio State, which has uh, been named uh, Maya Williams, and then Trevion Henderson is right below him. I don't think it's that. Uh, I don't think it's that large. Now with Kenneth Walker transfer from Wake Forest, where he was a top five uh, scoring running back last year, and then you know you have uh, Boyd and all those other guys that you named. Yes, but like I'm, I, I understand what you're talking about and everything. But again, here's my thing: Who, which team's going to have more scoring opportunities? Ohio State against Minnesota or Michigan State against Northwestern? Michigan Savers Northwestern is going to be an old school Big Ten ground and pound. Maybe both, like, you'll be lucky if both teams break 20, 20 points. I don't know, but then even if that, like, we don't need, you know, a shootout or anything or just, like, you know, running up the score. Like, we just need Kenneth Walker to get majority of those carries. Like, if he's Yeah, getting... but we don't know that. We, again, we, we haven't gotten a depth chart or anything. Like, what happens if a depth chart comes out today? And Kenneth Walker has an or next to his name with Harold Joyner and or again I keep forgetting these other guys' names, but like another running back. Like there's a three running a three tan of running back there. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like we don't know that. That could be the case. That's the, that's what we're playing with here. Yeah, and we're like, playing with that. And I would I would rather take Mayan Williams 
in that situation at Ohio State where there's more li- more touchdowns likely to be had among the entire team rather than Kenneth Walker where if he's part of a three-back committee and in a much lower scoring game, I'd rather have Mayan Williams there. Yeah. Or I could play the other side and say we could get the outright Kenneth Walker is the RB1 and then we just missed out on a 100-yard game and you know maybe a touchdown or two. Rather than I, that's what, that, like I mean, that's that's what makes it hard. Like, again, it's not an easy yeah. decision. Because I, I think this, with Ohio State, say Mayan Williams comes out, and, you know, the first few snaps is pretty good, but then Trevion Henderson just comes onto the scene and bursts out there, and it just looks like he's about to run away with it. Then we just waste putting in somebody, you know, that got a little bit of action. Not the, Like, he's still a great talent, but Trevion Henderson has came into camp, and they're talking about a transcendent running back talent. That can start today, so. But he's not. He's not because it's Ohio State. But a lot of other schools, he would be starting today or Saturday, whatever day that he would play. You know, I know, I know what you mean. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see this to you. We're gonna keep Kenneth Walker, I think, in the lineup. Uh, okay. Just know, if Mike Williams has a better day on. Uh, Mike Williams has you a better can call day me on between two. I'm, I'm. Call me up. I'm, and I don't even know. I don't know if I'll go on Twitter and everything, but just know you'll be getting some texts thrown your way. I'll be saying I told okay. you so. And then when Kenneth Walker has that great day that I'm hoping for, that's fine. I, I think this this is absolutely a fair like I, I told you so moment. Like if one oh, of yeah. us wins this side, we can absolutely say I told you so. Regardless, let's go ahead and move on to our wide receivers. Yeah. Do you want to start that discussion? Sure. Um. So who we have at our starting receiver is we spent our first round pick on the presumptuous number one uh, wide receiver in David Bell. Now, there's a lot of argument between David Bell and Keishon Butte for that one, uh, wide receiver one, but they're in our tier of their own. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we got good value there at the seventh pick, I believe. Yes. Or the eighth pick. Seventh yeah, pick. Seventh pick. Uh, I really like. He's going against Oregon State. Jack Plummer has been named the starter. Um, so him, it, it didn't really matter who was going to be the quarterback because David Bell just produces with either guy. O'Connell or Plummer would have done great with him, and he's going to get a lot of work. And a lot of touches and a lot of targets and a lot of receptions and possibly a lot of touchdowns. So mm-hmm. it's just uh it's just a no question he's starting. Mm-hmm. Now we have Sam Pickney, Georgia State wide receiver. He is the wide receiver number one for that Georgia State offense, but they are facing Army. And with military schools, they always get tricky, especially Army, because they like to shut down the one thing that you're good at. So mm-hmm. they will and- be keying in on Sam Pickney. Not only that, again, like Army is just one of those. It's one of those teams that is just good at what they do. They slow down the game. Does nobody remember the uh, twenty-eight to twenty-one finish they had with Oklahoma? I think they're probably the only team that year that held Oklahoma under thirty points that year. Like that was an insane game. I went to overtime. Was going through some uh, through some struggles at that point. Spencer Rattler wasn't fully the guy that. No, 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 no. This is this, this is this is a couple years ago. I think it was with oh, um, a couple years ago. I think it was with Kyler Murray, if I remember correctly. I'll look oh, it up really? real quick. Um, but if you want yeah. to keep talking about the wide receivers, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll double yeah, check Sam that. Pickney, yeah, Sam Pickney is a little bit on the bubble fence. Like he's he's just on, he's questionable for now. But uh, we'll get to our last starting receiver, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. I think it's just uh, the stack that he has with our starting quarterback, CJ Stroud, is the and the upside of him being you know a great wide receiver for that Ohio State offense. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a debate between Olave and Wilson, who's going to be the better receiver this year. And we just happen to go with Wilson. Like, uh, I love both players. It's really a hard, but I was fine with having either one. As long as we had either one, I was going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, now, I just looked it up. It was with Kyler Murray. Oh, okay, okay. Trey Sermon played in that game, too. Hmm. 
Nice little tidbit. All right. We'll move on to our reserves. Uh, we have Rakeem Jarrett, sophomore. Uh, he was a stud freshman last year, a true freshman wide receiver out of Maryland, facing West Virginia on Saturday at 3.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has Talia Tongavailoa, and he is presumed to be that uh, next great talent at Maryland at wide receiver. Now, he does have uh, you know competition with him and Dante DeMoss, but it's just really hard to pick between those two. Like, they're both good receivers. It's just the only thing is, like, Dante DeMoss is a good receiver as a senior. Mm-hmm. Kim Jarrett is very young and still has much more to grow, so obviously he has a higher potential. But we don't know if he's going to achieve that potential just yet. But they are facing a West Virginia team, Big 12 opponent, no defense uh, defensively challenged. So I like him in that game to where he will see action. He will get a lot of targets. He probably will have a lot of yards and maybe a touchdown possibly. So I do like Rakeem Jarrett in that game, and I'm considering him possibly starting. Okay. Then we have Charleston Rambo, uh, Miami, Florida, junior, transfer from uh, um, Oklahoma. He is facing Alabama. I would not in any I would say, way. You would I, to, love, I love Rambo. Starting against Alabama is a non-starter. I'm not doing that you know, to Rambo. If we ever did that, one of us is in a straight jacket, and we got loose, and we got our phones. <laughs> anyway, last, our, last receiver. <laughs> last receiver, we have Tyler Snead at the ECU. He's facing App State, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these abbreviations can be very confusing. Yes. But he is facing App State. Uh, it is a, it's a tough toss-up. I know Jared believes that Snead is that number one receiver at uh, ECU. Mm-hmm. I do so too, but I don't think he's the best receiver. I believe C.J. Johnson is. Now, C.J. Johnson didn't have the greatest season last season because he had a lot of drops. Mm-hmm. He, just, he had a great freshman campaign. The sophomore year, he just had a slump. So a lot of people are having high hopes that he can put it together and, you know, reemerge as that great receiver that he came into being. Mm-hmm. Tyler Snead is just that consistent guy, which I'm fine and I'm happy with the floor and the consistency that we have with Tyler Snead. But the upside of C.J. Johnson just always just like, I, I love high upside guys. I, I, I'd rather be burned than, you know, have like, you know, mediocre teams. But then also I have the like the possibility of the high reward of like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but it's a safe pick. But I mean, I feel like for our team, it's just not um, probably not in our best interest. We're not expecting Tyler need to have you know a hundred fifty yard game and maybe like a touchdown or two. Not against App State, no. I I, yeah. I I I trust that defense enough to slow ECU's offense down just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. Like, if there's one change I probably would make here, it would be Raheem Jarrett over Sam Pinkney. Because, uh, again, I just don't like that matchup with Sam Pinkney going up against Army. That's a team that likes to take away the pass, uh, force you onto the ground. And Georgia State does have good uh, running backs. They got Destin Coast there. Uh, Quad Brown is a dual-threat quarterback himself. So I, ex- I actually expect Quad Brown to have a pretty decent day there, especially on the ground. I don't expect him to be throwing a ton. Uh, but even regardless of all that, I just feel like betting on talent against what is probably a very a just an all right west virginia defense yeah and then, I, you know they lost a lot of their secondary too as well like that's true coach, oh my god Tyke you're totally you are totally right they they and they lost their defensive backs coach oh no yeah. oh and they man lost, you uh, are the making- other guy uh to defensive back to auburn they did uh uh miller yeah so they're losing uh, a lot, bro. So you are you are Jared. making some sense here. Oh, okay. Yep. 
you know what i'm i'm with you all right let's i think we take rakeem jared over sam pinkney now that's not gonna be something i'm doing in, in week in and week out but i'm just yeah, liking no, no, no. i'm liking the matchup here now that yeah i complete yeah. i completely forgot they lost all that defensive back talent so yeah i'm gonna go ahead and make that move rakeem jared over sam pinkney into it now xavier you and i are of similar minds where we usually like to put running backs in at our flex mm-hmm um, but I do want to just throw this idea out there. Sam Pinckney is the number one wide receiver for Georgia State. Like, we know his role in that offense. Mm-hmm. And he's a good enough wide receiver to where he's still going to get some work in this Army game, yep. even if it's not as high of a ceiling as he normally does. Mm-hmm. Do we put him in over Kenneth Walker? That's a tough decision. I know you're going down this route. And I wasn't fully prepared to make that, uh, not to make that call. Ugh. It's it's so weird because, like, because like I feel field. weird benching Sam Pinkney because I know he can could just go off in game sometimes. And we yeah, know his I, role in that offense. He is the number exactly. one wide receiver. It is. It is. It is. It's very interesting. And it's like, you know, we, we give Army credit, you know, to sh- being able to shut down and throw some weird curveballs in games. But Army's still not like, you know, the greatest team in the world. Like, teams are still going to be able to put up points on them. Mm-hmm. And even Georgia State's not like the greatest team in the world. Georgia State still has, like, great pieces around them. And, you know, with their running back room, Dustin Coates not even named, like, the number one uh, running back. He's, I think, a cold starter either. It's an or between his He's, he's going to be the number one running back. We'll see. It, it's we'll been see. his role the past couple of years. He's not going to lose it. Mm, things have changed. Things have changed. But, Fair. Maybe so. Regardless. But, yeah, Sam Pinkney is that number one. It, it, it's very tricky. Um, this is a, uh, what, full PPR league or half PPR? Full PPR league. We have full PPR. Oh, this this makes it even more interesting. Um, mm, This is going to come down to a gut call. My gut's saying put in Sam Pinkney. Full Ooh. PPR. PPR even if he's Army. okay, remember Xavier. Even if he's getting short passes in this game, even if he's getting short passes in this game, just the act of him catching a, a ball alone is worth the equivalent of an additional ten yards. Yeah, which is why uh, PPR leagues are dumb. Anyway, yeah, are. Um, back in my day, back in my day, um, I don't know. It's just tough because, like, yeah, we, we like, love I, running backs. In the- I know. I, I, I'm with you usually that running backs in the flex are usually the go-to option because they're just going to get more touches. Because Michigan State's passing game is just it absolutely is, atrocious. It is awful. But also, Xavier, again, we don't know Kenneth Walker's role. Here, let me, let me, let me, hold on. Let me do something real quick. I'm going to go look up. I'm going to go look up Georgia State's, um, I'm going to look up Georgia State's stuff from or stats from last year. I'm going to go and find Sam Pinckney's worst game. Okay. So, sorry, Sam Pinckney found him. Uh, game log. All right. So last year his worst game came against UL Monroe. Actually, uh, he had only one reception for eight yards in that game. So oof. Uh, his next lowest one was oh god I didn't, I forgot that Coastal Carolina absolutely annihilated them fifty one nothing yeah he had two receptions for fifteen yards in that game that's a good defense right there so he might get limited there but every other yeah. game four for twenty one 
7 for 134, 6 for 146, 5 for 53, 4 for 74, 5 for 176, 10 for 126. And then the last game is 3 for 62. So he gets work in every game that he's going to have. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm looking up at Kenneth Walker's stats from last season. I know it's a different team, Wake Forest, but I just like to see the production. Mm-hmm. From September 19th to October 17th, that's a three-week span, he had over 100-yard games. Mm-hmm. Now, he showed that he can you know, handle the workload of having 20-plus carries. Like in the first game against NC State, he had 27 carries for 131 yards and three touchdowns that game. Mm-hmm. The second game, he went against Campbell, a softer opponent, so he had 11 carries for 105 yards and a touchdown. Soccer mm-hmm. team. Then he played Virginia 23 for 128 and had three touchdowns as well. Oh, man, it's just tough because it's just I, – I like Kenneth Walker's talent more than anybody else on that roster. Mm-hmm. And it is Northwestern. It is but no we're slouch. also not – we're also – again, I'm with you, Xavier. If, if I was the coach of Michigan State, I'd probably be giving Kenneth Walker all the carries, at least from the information that I have right now. We're also not behind the scenes. We're not there – we're not Mel Tucker there on the sidelines every single day of practice watching these guys. We don't know what he's thinking in terms of how he wants to use Kenneth Walker. We have a pretty good idea of what Sam Pinckney's role is in this Georgia State offense. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Mm. It's just the army factor. Always just throws a curve. Yeah, again, if, if they were playing, if they were playing a lesser defense than Army, I probably would take it. But also. Nah, never mind. <sighs> mm. I feel like this is a what we need to do probably in research, like in a real time, like right now. Look, we need to look at Army's like last year games. Yeah, and I, can, see, like, I can pull that up real quick. And see like when they played, who were they playing? Who were the top receivers? Did they shut down like number ones? Did they do things like that? Here, let me. Sam Pickney is targeted. Let me let me take let me take a look. Let's go to the twenty 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 twenty. Uh, they oh, start man. off. They start up against Middle Tennessee. Abs. Uh, their highest receive. Wait, no, 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 no. Never mind. Uh, the highest receiver against them in that game had uh, Army had thirty three yards, four receptions for thirty three yards. Mm. Uh, against Ulo Monroe, you. I mean, Ulo Monroe is not exactly a good offense, but uh, Josh Peterson had five receptions for fifty six yards. Um, Cincinnati. The yeah, look at Cincinnati now. Deshaun uh, th- Jackson. Well, that yeah, Deshaun Jackson, four receptions for fit, seventy-five yards. Yeah, but Michael Young Jr. did have five receptions for sixty and had a touchdown. Oh, nice. Uh, Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian. Their leading receiver had a hundred, had eleven receptions for hundred and one yards. Hmm. Mm, let's see. The Citadel. Citadel had their leading receiver had two receptions for 55. Uh, UTSA Harrison had one reception for 53 yards. Uh, UTSA uh, had uh, Zachary Franklin with 12 receptions, 138 yards, and two touchdowns against Army. Oh, I, I can. Oh, I'm looking. I'm looking at the arm. I look. Oh yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it looks like yeah. these receivers can definitely break out. Yeah, they definitely can. And that so, gives me a little bit more uh, comfort. I'm saying... I'll, I'll say this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm now officially leaning Sam Pinckney. I'll, 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 go with, I'll go with it for now. It's not my personal choice. Like, we are sharing a team, so sometimes we're just going to have to make compromises. But I, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to nudge on this compromise. Now, okay. if Kenneth Walker does go off, I will, I will you know, say some, uh, make some comments on Twitter. That's like, fine. Hmm, Kenneth Walker. Like, there will be, like, things that people are going to look back to this podcast and like, yep. Exactly, no. might have been onto something, but no. it's okay. If not, then I'll just be. I'll, I'll no, stay quiet I have, I have a feeling this flex spot is going to be like people are going to look back on it and be like, "Yep, that's where they lost right there," yep. um, or "That's where they won right there." Um, Absolutely. In addition, we'll just go through tight end real quickly. Michael Meyer or Josh Wiley; those are our two tight ends on the team. I like Michael Meyer getting full full four quarter play against Florida State. Um, he's probably the best receiving option on Notre Dame's team at the moment yep. unless somebody breaks out i like him in full pbr so i Same. say we keep michael meyer any no no real discussion there yeah I, I will say i like wiley against miami of ohio like you know maybe cincinnati might mix it up a little bit you know show that desmond ritter has that still that arm talent and pass a little bit more but true they, but they, they have, have other, backs. yeah i would say they have other options they have a lot of other options so you know it is what it is i still mm-hmm. like michael myers a better tight end so yeah there's no there's no uh no debate here. All righty. So we'll go ahead and move on to who we're playing. So we're playing Nick Allen uh, from CFB Winning Edge. I'll just kind of run through his team real quick, who he has in the starting lineup. And we'll just kind of, uh, Xavier, you'll name one weakness that you think you see in this matchup for us, and I'll name one strength. And then we'll both make the decision whether or not we think we win this week or not. Yeah. So... On uh, Nick Allen's team, he has his two starting quarterbacks are Grayson McCall and Keaton Slovis. Uh, his two starting running backs are Tank Bigsby and Brees Hall. His three wide receivers are Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson, and Travell Harris. His tight end is Isaiah Likely, and his two flexes are Anias Smith and CJ Verdell. So Xavier, what is one area you think we lose this matchup in? Like what position do you think our matchups are just not great? I have a Absolutely feeling running back. Yeah, I would say he's running back. Hundred percent running back. He has two top like top ten running backs. Five, honestly. Yeah, honestly, it, it will be interesting to see. Like for PPR, is Tech Bixby going to move into that like you know kind of sort of receiver back role? Because he's mm-hmm. just it's not like I haven't seen it yet. I just know he's a powerful and hard runner for what I saw at Auburn. But mm-hmm. I know he can get receiving work as well. I saw a little bit last year, but is he going to you know take on that? that different like show a different versatility in his game and auburn is not expected to be that good in the sec this year i mean maybe it gets out of conference opponents they do play central michigan first or no they play missouri akron they play first they play akron first so it'll be interesting to see how that offense looks bo nicks and a lot of other uh pieces on that offense but takes bixby is the star of the show um Brees hall Number one running back, you know, it, it's a it's a big debate about those top three guys with Bijan, Muhammad, and Brees. But Brees just has the higher floor and still has a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. Like he he can be like it it just depends on if Iowa State wants to have him in that Heisman campaign. Are they gonna push for his Heisman campaign and the, you know rack up his stats? Like are they gonna end his day after two touchdowns and maybe over hundred yards? Are they gonna keep him in and he's gonna have like a bigger day of 200. We just don't know with Brees Hall. He's going to score. My, my, that's, that's, 
That's all we're going to say. He, we know he's going to score. My, my Iowa State friends are not going to be very happy with me with what I'm about to say, but Iowa State always struggles in the first game of the season, so it is also yep. very likely that Brees Hall could see the full game here. Yeah. So, now you're right. Scary. He will score. Like, there will be he one touchdown, at least, that goes to Brees Hall. Yeah. What's um, that one saying? It's like, um, if we do know one thing, it's, like it's kind of like a, oh, man, like a biblical saying. Like, is, uh, I don't know. If, oh, there's like three guaranteeds in life, you know, oh, like church on Sunday and then, you know, Brees Hall scoring on Saturday and then it's you throw in a third option. I, know, I always heard that it's like there's always uh, two, like three guarantees in life and it's like death, taxes, and then you throw some third option yeah, in there. That's, um, that's, that's I'm, I'm going with <laughs> there are three guarantees in life, death, taxes, and Brees Hall scoring a touchdown for Iowa State this week. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the scary thing. Now, um, I will say, I will bring out another weakness. I, I do. Uh, I think we have the. I wouldn't say it's a weakness, but it's more of a positional advantage. Our quarterback room is better than Nick. Oh, Allen's. you stole my thunder! I was supposed to do the advantage. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I don't know. I, I always think like you know, for our team, advantages are other teams' weaknesses, even though they're not that bad. Mm-hmm. So I was getting excited. But yeah, you can speak a little bit more onto that. Like yeah, I think we definitely have the positional advantage of quarterback. But I'll let I'm- you elaborate more. I'm, I'm agreeing 100%. I do think we have the matchup advantage at quarterback. Um, he has two good quarterbacks. Grayson McCall, Keon Slovis are both good quarterbacks. They're, like, I'm not poo-pooing on them too much. Although I'm not the biggest Slovis fan in the world, I actually made the hot take in a group chat not too long ago where I don't think he finishes as the QB1 for USC by yep. the end of the year. Um, but even still, you got Keaton Slovis against San Jose State. Uh, San Jose State's defense is legitimate, and I do think they're going to slow down USC just a little bit. And I do think that he will see all four quarters in that game. Uh, I don't, I don't see him getting pulled early. I do see Grayson McCall getting pulled early against the Citadel. And if he isn't pulled early, that means they're not scoring. That means that they're struggling in this game, and that Grayson McCall's value is not very high in th- that game, regardless because um, I don't see the Citadel scoring on Coastal Carolina very well. In fact, I'm playing Coastal Carolina's defense in several, several leagues this week. Yeah. Um, versus our guys, which I kind of touched on earlier, CJ Shroud, Sam Howell, these are two very prolific offenses uh, that these two quarterbacks will be helming. And I think they'll be in all four quarters in these games. These are two conference matchups that they'll be playing in, two yeah. that are expected to be at least close enough to where there's no point to these guys being taken out early on in the game. So I think that's where we're going to have the positional matchup or the positional advantage here against Nick Allen this week. So Xavier, make the call. Look at our overall starting lineup. Look at his overall starting lineup. Who do you think pulls it out after this week? Do you think we start 1-0 or 0-1? Oh, man. Hmm. <sighs> I've noticed over the past few years where we've done our, like, our home leagues and we started getting the fast seed. I think what makes or breaks our weeks are quarterbacks, quarterbacks and running back play. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels weird because, like, obviously Nick has a great running back tandem <laughs> that mm-hmm. can do a lot, and it's going to be very painful and challenging watching them put up a lot of points. But I do like our quarterbacks playing in these closer games. Now, I, I happen to disagree with Jared where, like, you know, he may think UNC may be a little hanging in there with Virginia Tech. I, it, Virginia Tech showed that they can, you know, hang, hang some teams and they throw a wrench, a monkey wrench in their plans. But 
I just like UNC just a lot better than, you know. Uh, I'm just pointing out the spread in that game is minus five and a half UNC. Like, that, they, yeah. the oddsmakers think this is going to be a relatively close game. Yeah, and the oddsmakers, they, they have the right to do that, but I, I just have more faith in Sam Howell. <laughs> they, they have the right to make that call. They, they're odds makers for a reason now. They have the right. right to do that. They have the right to do whatever they want and take your money however they want. It's it's whatever. But I do like Sam Howell as a talent. I do like some of the receivers that he has, and I think he's going to maximize that potential. And then also Ty Chandler at the same time. We have him. Mm-hmm. If he gets receiving work and a receiving touchdown, that works out double for us. So it's so many intricate ways that we can win. But it's the first initial reaction of looking at our teams on both sides, and I'm like, I don't see us winning week one. But I do see a path, so I will give us the benefit of the doubt and say I think our receivers, our quarterbacks, and I think Ty Chandler is going to be our key player that will get us this win. Okay. Um, I'm kind of looking through it again. I Again, quarterbacks go us. Running backs, I think, easily go. Nick, receivers, um, I think David Bell honestly just gives us that little bit of extra edge there. Yeah. Uh, unless he completely falls apart this week. Uh, tight end, I'm liking Michael Meyer playing full four quarters against Florida State over Isaiah Likely being taken out in the third quarter, possibly with Coastal Carolina. Yeah. This is going to be a close game. I, there, there, there's I will no, say this. Okay. Oh, I'll say this. I noticed, you know, oh, we, we check our teams throughout the week. He did uh, have a different guy in his last flex position, but he put in C.J. Verdell. Yeah, I think he had like no um, I, I think he had Reese White. I think he had Reese White. Well, I was con- I was very uh, confused about that. I like Reese White more than C.J. Verdell, especially against the Citadel. Now, I guess he's expecting Grayson McCall to run a little bit more and show his rushing ability. Maybe, and, you know, maybe uh, again, I think he's also just thinking Ely. about like, oh, they're gonna like Reese White isn't the clear cut number one back yet. CJ Verdell mm. is considered the clear cut number one back for. Well, no, it's Oregon. a whore. Well, yeah, you're right. But they're going to be out on the field at the same time. They're still going to get a ton of snaps. Yeah, but I, man, CJ Verdell is not the greatest running back, I don't think. Like, he'll have games, but it's just, I don't like the consistency with him. It's, but he, it's always make or break. Yeah. I, again, I'm expecting a close game here between us and Nick. Uh, yeah. I think it. Whoever wins, it comes down to probably less than fifteen points. Yeah, same here. I would say, and I'm gonna give us a slight edge. I'm gonna give us a slight edge. Like if I was an odds maker doing this, I would say probably us minus like three, three or five points. Like I, I like I don't expect this to be like a blowout game by any means this week. So. But, it, yeah. you know, with fantasy football, it absolutely can be because we don't know what's going to happen. Saying, you never know. David Bell goes down on the first play of the game. Oh, we're, God. Well, we're screwed. Into existence. We're, we're screwed. We're screwed. Um, we're um, Yeah. So, yeah. It's – we're – again, I think I think we have a shot at winning. Right? I think, I think yeah. we have – I'd say, like, we have, like – it was, like, 52% us, 48% Nick. That's how I'm kind of viewing yeah. this. Because I think we, I think that quarterback matchup is going to be huge for us this week. But regardless of all that, uh, that's any other things you want to kind of talk about here, Xavier? Before we close out this episode, uh, no, I was going to basically say we love the support. Don't forget to like and subscribe us on all uh, podcasting platforms from Spotify to Apple Music. We enjoy the five star reviews, as Jared always likes to mention. I do as well too. 
Uh, don't forget to DM us on Twitter if you have any questions. We love the DMs. Uh, you know, anything fancy related. It always has us pondering about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Don't forget to follow us at, at CFFJ <laughs> underscore Jared. Follow me at CFF underscore Xavier. And yeah, uh, we looking for, we're looking forward to the season. We have a great slate of games for this Thursday evening. Uh, I know we're going to have that Minnesota and Ohio State game on the big screen mainly, but uh, still some good games on tonight. So make sure you uh, tune in for a lot of those. And yeah. I, I, I could not have said it any better myself. Thank you guys all for listening. And we'll be back next week with our next week's matchup. Go ahead and tease. Who who are we playing next week? Yeah, that's a... Oh, we're playing JD. We're playing, playing JD. JD. Uh, he has a roster. He has a roster, a legal roster. He needs to get that fixed. Uh, he'll probably figure it out eventually. Yeah, he'll figure it out. Anyway, thank you all for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Yeah.